to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. In this episode, I visit the Little Angel Theatre to try my hand at some puppeteering. Plus, we'll find out all about a very special show that's taking place there. My name's Bex, and every episode of Activity Quest starts off with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome. Now, I'm very excited because recently I visited the Little Angel Theatre for the first time ever to find out about a brand new show that is on right now. The lights are on in every room of the house! They're watching our television. And eating all the food from the fridge. And dancing wolfish dances up and down the stairs. I've left Pink Puppet behind! So I am here right now in the middle of the Little Angel Theatre and oh my goodness, it's such a beautiful space and there is a brilliant show on called The Wolves in the Walls. Now I'm joined right now by Toby Ollier, who is part of the show. Toby, what do you do in the show? Uh, I'm the director and designer of the show, so I've I've found the original graphic novel, so it's based on a book um, written by Neil Gaiman and illustrated by Dave McKean and I found that book in 2000 and gosh, five, and wanted to do a production of it with uh, puppets for many, many, many years, and kind of dug out my sketchbook a number of years ago and took it to the Little Angel Theatre, which is sort of a, a London's kind of only puppet theatre, really. Um, and yeah, took it to them and said, Can we, should we make this into a show? And so I've, yeah, turned all those drawings on my sketchbook pages into puppets, and um, we've got an amazing cast of uh, four performer puppeteers, and we've, yeah, adapted the book into a kind of hour-long puppet-infested anarchic hour of puppetry anarchic hour of puppetry i love it uh, now i haven't read wolves in the walls which i uh, don't tell neil but um what is it about if, if our listeners haven't read it either so wolves in the walls is a story about lucy who hears strange noises in her house and so initially she's quite nervous and she goes to each of her family members and tells them she thinks there are wolves living in the walls and all of her family members dismiss her and say that you know no it's mice it's rats it's bats and then one day wolves do come out of the walls and kind of chase the family to the bottom of the garden and actually, when the family all then start to run scared and think about other places they can go and stay, it's Lucy, who initially has been the kind of quieter, meeker member of the family, is the one that says, no, come on, we should st- like band together and take back, our, uh, take back our home from the wolves. And I think the things that really connected me to the story were the fact that it is about sort of courage and bravery in the face of kind of adversity, especially, especially in a story where it's the youngest member of the family um, that has that kind of feeling. Um, and I think I quite enjoyed the fact that, you know, wolves traditionally in lots of stories, Red Riding Hood, little Three Little Pigs, things like that, they're always kind of the villain. They're always the kind of um, antagonist. And actually what's quite nice in this is that it's sort of flipped a bit. So Lucy is scared of them, but actually when she confronts them and sees them in the kind of light of day, she realises they're not as they're not as scary and so we have a lot of fun with the what the wolves get up to in the house basically the wolves throw a party and so we've had great fun kind of devising different ways that the wolves trash the house and misbehave and are basically sort of gross messy kind of vandals rather than like snarling scary fairy tale wolves there's a really nice kind of change with that so it gets yeah quite sort of bonkers and silly in the second half Now, I want to know, Toby, what is it like drawing a puppet and then seeing it on stage? Like, how, do, how does that feel? And is it, like, quite a long process? It can vary. I mean, the size of the puppet uh, dictates generally how long it takes. But I think what's quite nice is I really love to do drawings that are a combination of, like, a sketchbook idea, like a really rough kind of watercolour-y, biro kind of sketch, 
and I'm very lucky to get to work with some amazing puppet makers. So then I end up doing a series of drawings that are more like sort of blueprints and plans. So you do like a view from the front, a view from the side. And that's what the makers use to kind of sculpt and form the puppet from. I would say with Walls in the Walls, once I'd done the drawings, we started making the puppets, let's say, two, two months, two and a half months before the start of rehearsals. So a relatively long time. Um, and we had a team of about six puppet makers um, working full on. And uh, we also did the kind of props. And the set, I mean, in a show that's called The Wolves and the Walls, the wolves are puppets, but also actually the walls are puppets. We have kind of four mobile screens that move around and are animated in the show to kind of create different environments and different rooms in, in Lucy's family's house. And then they also double as sort of back projection or projection screens to have the shadow puppets and things used, used on. Now, I've got to ask, is it a scary show? Like, if we come, will we be prepared for scariness or will it be lightness as well? No, it's, I keep saying to people, it's a show that kind of tingles your spine and tickles your ribs in, e- in equal <laughs> measure. Um, I, think, I think what I really loved about in the, even the original book is it's never scary. There's the sort of, I think it has a real moral about our fears and our anxieties in that actually the anticipation of something happening being worse than the thing itself. So I think the fact that Lucy kind of, when she stands up and confronts the wolves, actually they're not scared. They're not the scary things she's thought they were going to be feels like a really important message for anybody of any age but I think I was really aware in the show as well of kind of wanting to build up to a point the point when the wolves come out of the walls of tension and then to kind of have a kind of explosion of energy when they come out but that actually you you follow Lucy and the family to the bottom of the garden and deal with that and 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 side with them first you know there's there's tension and there's kind of yeah spine tingly bits but no I, I, I was aware that I wanted to make it something that you know somebody at the age of six could come with their grandparent age 60 and you know there will be something for everybody i really genuinely pride myself on trying to make shows that have very sort of broad cross-generational kind of appeal and tell me toby will i be allowed to touch a puppet and maybe play with what not play with you use one can i i don't know what the word is really you can animate it that's you can, the word yeah people say manipulate but i feel like that sounds a bit harsh a bit yeah i quite like animating it yeah of course if you break it though you will have to repair it before the next show which is in about an hour <laughs> Now, luckily, I have bumped into the actual actors in the show, which is handy because they can tell me a little bit more about it. So, uh, can you tell me your name and the part you play? Hi, I'm Sean Garrett and I play the father in the show and one of the wolves. Hi, I'm John Trindle and I play the brother and one of the wolves in the show. I'm Katie Haygarth and I play Lucy in the show and very briefly a wolf. I'm Eliza de Grey and I play mum and a wolf as well. I feel a bit left out now. I want to be a wolf. Like, you, you guys are all wolves. Man, I'm, I'm big gutted. Um, so this is an incredible show, guys. Obviously, it's full of puppetry. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to have this puppet in your hands and feel the responsibility of having this person, basically? Um, I feel, well, I feel honoured to be working with this group of people, actually. They're, they're fantastic. Um, but when I have the puppet in my hand, I sometimes feel a bit of trepidation <laughs> because it's uh, a character who's very silly um, um, and responsible at the same time. And uh, to try and get that across and make people want to see the show again and again is quite scary as well. I can well imagine the responsibility is quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, when you're in the show, uh, what, what is your favourite bit of it? What's the bit, if, if I'm coming to watch it, uh, what shall I look out for that nobody else will know about unless I've listened to this podcast? Oh, wow, not know about. Um, oh, God, that's quite hard because I think the fa- my favourite part is when the wolves actually do burst out of the wall. Um, but that's quite a, a big, clear moment. 
um, I guess you're not seeing us crawl around on our hands and knees and moving props around and sweating and falling over backstage. But that's the fun of it. And it's probably good that you didn't see those things. <laughs> but now when everybody comes to watch it, they'll know that backstage you're crawling around. That's, chaos. Yeah, that's the secret, isn't it? That's amazing. Uh, so tell me, what's, what's it like to be a puppeteer? Is this like a full time job for you? Yeah, absolutely. This is what I and these guys do full time. Like, it's probably one of the most exciting and brilliant jobs to have because, I mean, from when you're little, you start playing with toys and you start doing role playing with toys and stuff like that. And basically, we just do that as adults now. <laughs> so it's, it's really, really fun. Um, it's hard work at times and all the puppets are different kinds of puppets. So Lucy is a hand and rod puppet. So she's got a pole that goes down from her head and then a trigger that moves her head up and down um, and she's got two uh, working arms that have rods that you hold behind with your other hand and then she's got legs which is different to the other two um, uh, the other three puppets and um, so sometimes it'll just be me uh, handling Lucy and then other times I have one of these guys who are doing the feet for her who do it very well um, I have to say that and <laughs> and then the uh, the family are all just uh, almost just bodies and heads with arms which the guys mostly do single-handedly um, and then with occasional one other person doing the other arm um, but yeah it's, it's amazing being a puppeteer I love it seems like it's all about teamwork as well would that be right yeah yeah 100% um, we yeah, yeah we yeah. we have to get very up close and personal with each other <laughs> so <laughs> personal hygiene is a uh, high standard um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we have we've all bought toothbrushes so we brush our teeth before the show because you're so close proximity to each other um, and, and because the show's so fast paced we have to rely on each other that if something if a prop didn't work or a, a magnet didn't connect that somebody else is going to be able to just step up and and help out with that. So yeah, hundred percent. You can find out more about Wolves in the Walls by searching for the Little Angel Theatre online. And that's not all. So right now, Toby is going to show me a little bit about how to make some puppets at home. Uh, OK, Toby, what kind of puppets are we doing here? So we're going to make uh, a shadow puppet, which is a form of puppet we have in the show. We use that kind of different forms. Sometimes there's a kind of uh, sort of fixed-shaped wolf puppet on a single rod, and other times we have a really articulated version of Lucy that requires um, two people with four rods to animate. And I think, uh, you know, a shadow puppet, by definition, is a sort of 2D cutout, um, which can have kind of articulation that has a light behind it and that casts a shadow onto either a wall or a screen or something and that, and that is what the audience sees so often you as a puppeteer are behind the screen and the audience are the other side of it so shadow puppetry I think I think by my definition and my research is one of the kind of oldest oldest forms of puppetry it's said that the original shadow puppets originated in China potentially over 2,000 years ago that is an old form of puppetry um, but it's fair to say as well other countries have really long standing traditions in shadow puppetry including India and Indonesia and sometimes shadow, perform shadow kind of performances um, can be kind of three, four hours at a time. They, they, they are literally like, you know, going to the cinema, watching a film, but you watch this kind of shadow performance. Um, and again, there's something in other cultures that has real, like, cross-generational appeal. Adults go and watch it, you know, um, with children, without children. I think it's, it's interesting how much more deeply rooted in kind of tradition, long-standing traditions, puppetry is in other cultures, even more so than in our our culture all right so uh let's go for it then i want to make this puppet myself how do i start 
So you're going to need um, a pencil, some, some drawing materials, cardboard, sturdy cardboard, but enough that you can cut with a pair of scissors. Mm-hmm. You're going to need some scissors to cut the cardboard. Uh, some sticky tape and some of those little brass split pins that allow you to make a little like hinge joint yeah. you can buy in stationery shops. Um, uh, and for your control rods, I, I mean, you can use anything, sort of chopsticks, garden cane, like kebab skewers, anything like that. Um, and then a torch. And then for your screen, you can either use like a sort of bed sheet between two chairs. That's what I used to do when I was a kid making puppet shows. Or indeed, if you've just got a blank wall, you can project your shadow kind of onto that wall. It doesn't have to be kind of a mega sophisticated screen. Okay, I love this idea. Um, brilliant stuff. So what do we do to begin with? So first step, step one, um, draw your character onto your cardboard. It can be human, it can be an animal, it can be whatever your imagination takes you. Um, equally, if you don't feel confident in kind of drawing something from scratch, you could always print a picture off the uh, internet to copy or create a template from it and trace around it. I used to do a lot of tracing when I was a child. Um, but I think the re- important thing to remember is that it's only the kind of outside silhouette shape that we are going to see, a bit like a sort of, you know, gingerbread man cookie cutter. Think of it as like the silhouette of it. Don't get bogged down in drawing a face or details because actually it's only the kind of big outside shape that you're going to cut out step two uh cut your puppet out from the cardboard um and a bit of a tip if you want to give your puppet some articulation so sort of moving legs or a mouth or nodding head or something um i would say draw all the different kind of parts of your puppet separately so you know you can draw the body uh, the body and then separate arms legs head but just make sure that you've left enough so that those parts can overlap because you basically want to put one of those split pins through that joint and open it out and create a kind of pivoting, swinging joint. So make sure you, you have enough on the, you kind of extend the legs or arms or whatever of your puppet so that they overlap on the body to give you enough room to make that joint. Um, and then step three, once you've uh, cut out your puppet, use sticky tape to attach your control rods onto the back of your puppet. Um, uh, if you've got articulated moving limbs, you can attach extra rods to those. So you can make your puppet walk, you can make your puppet look, you can make your puppet eat. We've got a wolf with a moving mouth jaw puppet in the show. And um, I would say just make sure you've got enough rods for the number of hands you have available, even if that means you have to force a family member to help you, which is what I did a lot of <laughs> growing up. Um, and then, yeah, step four, um, with a torch or, or, yeah, other kind of light source, um, hold your puppet in front of uh, that, that light and on a yeah your sort of homemade screen or your wall project that shadow and so we do a lot in the show with playing with scale so if you move your shadow puppet closer to the screen it gets smaller or if you move it further back and towards the light it gets bigger we do a lot of kind of distorting shadows and changing shape in the show um and yeah see you know it's it's a relatively simple thing to make but gives a really nice effect so you know see where else your imagination takes you can you do an entire story out of shadow puppetry you know can you do the story of a running hood the story of Little Mermaid, something sort of fantastical in this kind of, admittedly, very old but very creative art form. Thank you so much. I'm going to try it myself, Toby. Pretty cool, right? If you fancy being a puppeteer, that was a great place to start. Thank you so much to Toby Olier for uh, for telling me all about how he became a puppeteer and how we can as well. And remember, there's loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to at any time. If you want some more suggestions of stuff to do, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you fancy. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. It was produced and edited by Adam Stoner. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids every weekday from 4pm. See you soon.